Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with some valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Greetings, everyone. Carl Welty here, the host, uh, your host for our ongoing series, uh, Being a Successful Leader. The intent of the series is to help uh, uh, you as a leader or aspiring leader to uh, uh, give you valuable insights and uh, practical and uh, proven know-how. I've uh, This subject of organization leader and team effectiveness has been my passion uh, for as long as I can remember, and I've been fortunate to be able to feed the passion through personal experience in leadership and coaching, training, uh, consulting, um, uh, throughout many, many different endeavors and organizations. And so I've just accumulated a lot of what I think is really good stuff. And the purpose of this series and the books I have behind it are to uh, share that with uh, folks like like yourself. The series revolves around three uh, of my leadership imperatives. The first starts with you as a leader, because that's where it all begins. And so my first imperative is, is being a self-aware and successful, uh, self-aware and uh, skillful leader. The second of the three is uh, then uh, building a, a sound strategy. And the third then is, is creating a culture of commitment to carry out that strategy. So a self-aware and skillful leader, a sound strategy is number two. And number three, again, is the uh, build, having a culture of commitment. Each episode runs from 15 minutes to a half hour. Uh, and uh, again, the resources, the continuing resources that you have and kind of makes a nice package, I think, to talk about some of these things and then be able to uh, uh, l hear them again or to look at a uh, uh, printed resource like my books. Uh, three books, one for each of the three uh, imperatives I just mentioned. And you can find them on my website, wealthy.com, and uh, click on uh, uh, leadership resources, and then you'll see the three books there. Uh, there's books and then there's uh, uh, audio, uh, the three books and uh, where you can purchase them, uh, the publisher or Barnes and Noble or Amazon and a short uh, description of each. Also, the uh, uh, past episodes uh, are available uh, audio and you can get them by going to the uh, host of this uh, podcast. And uh, that's the uh, webtalkradio.net, webtalkradio.net. Go over to channels, hit channels, scroll down to le leadership in the workplace, and then uh, scroll down to my uh, icon, uh, being a successful leader, and you find uh, the episodes. This is the 41st, if you will, 41st episode uh, in this series. All right. With that said, to today's meeting, our topic is one-on-one -on -one meetings, one-on-one -on -one meetings. Uh, last week, last episode, we talked about... Uh, 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 your your meetings with your groups. There are all kinds of meetings, aren't there, with your groups? Uh, mainly staff meetings we concentrate on, but the the, the ideas and, and concepts passed on really pertain to, to all your meetings and to uh, have them work better for you, make them more productive and uh, fun, if you will. And, and we talked about ways to more effectively plan, conduct, and follow up on your meetings. Really good stuff there. Very proud of that. And uh, if you haven't caught that, be sure and after this episode, uh, go back and, and catch that on, again, webtalkradio.net. So today we turn to one-on-one -on -one meetings. One-on-one -on -one meetings, that's you and, and each of your key uh, associates. 
uh, very, very uh, key uh, uh, investment, very, very important practice that you want to follow as a leader. If you're not already doing it, to be sure you start doing that one-on-one meetings. And if you're already doing it, we'll have some good stuff for you to make them uh, here today, make them even more more meaningful for you and your associate and associates. A good investment, high returns. Uh, some people in the past, when I've coached them or whatever, they say, well, who has time for that? And I say, excuse me, <laughs> what better investment could you have as a leader to spend high quality time thinking and interacting with each of your key associates? I mean, that's your team. That's your leadership team, okay? So what better investment of time? Of course, you meet them in in, in staff meetings and you'll uh, uh, call them in to make an assignment once a while, uh, see them here and there. But this is dedicated time for each of them. And what we're talking about is maybe an hour or two every week or two, uh, and uh, it doesn't have to last that long. Uh, very, very important. Just by having these meetings, you're, you're saying something about, about that you care, that you care for each and one of them. And that, uh, that speaks volumes. Okay. One on one meetings, very, very important. And in these meetings, you'll talk about both strategic and operating, uh, uh, opportunities and challenge, long-term stuff and in the moment kinds of things. Um, and also their personal and uh, professional development. Great opportunity for coaching. We talk about performance. Great opportunity for coaching. Okay, let's talk about some of the recommended guidelines I have for these uh, one-on-one meetings. Uh, frequency and duration, uh, start there. Uh, as I mentioned already, maybe an hour or two every few weeks to get together. Uh, you figure that out, what works best for you and your associate or associates. Uh, for newer folks on your team, you'll probably want to meet more frequently or spend a little bit more time when you do get together until they, uh, uh, as, as I talked about so many times, uh, develop the work maturity that you don't have to be as close to them. Work maturity, again, being the competence and commitment in terms of their task-relevant position projects and, and uh, tasks. Uh, another uh, uh, guideline I have for frequency and duration is uh, I like the idea of a rolling calendar rather than schedule a whole bunch of these meetings on the calendar at once. Maybe agree that every two weeks for an hour or so. And uh, so at the end of uh, the previous meeting, you just you take into account what's on your calendars and vacation time or projects uh, that they need to attend to, whatever. And you you then pick the next date. Maybe it's sooner than whatever you decided, two weeks, or maybe later than that. So I like the idea of a rolling uh, calendar. Uh, okay, the uh, other thing is uh, treat it as a priority, the uh, the date that you set. Don't slough them off. Uh, treat, treat that as one of your most important commitments on your calendar and have them do the same on their calendar. So uh, treat it as a priority and commit to that priority. Okay, a few ideas on frequency and duration. Let's talk about location. Again, tips I have, guidelines I have. Um, associate's office, like the idea of going to your associate's office, if you're co-located, you know, and you're near each other and so forth, doesn't have to be every time. They can come to you, maybe your office most of the times, but, you know, and that gives you a better idea of what's going on in their neck of the woods in terms of their office and their staff there and chance to maybe interact with some of their staff. So think of that to alternate the uh, meeting sites. Um, if it's a, a geographical proximity is an issue, of course, you're going to have to look at other means of communications uh, uh, like telephone, teleconferencing, uh, video conferencing, uh, going out once in a while to their site and visiting them. So those are obstacles that you'll just have to work around and work with. 
Okay, the, the next uh, piece I have on the uh, uh, guidelines is, is agenda. Uh, we, we need to think of these as two-way conversations between you and your uh, associate and associates and a great opportunity for coaching. It's not to be used to delegate work. We talked about delegation recently in one of our recent uh, episodes. Uh, you know, they, they'll they'll not look forward to coming in all the time. Oh, here's another bunch of work I got to do. So, yeah, once in a while it's going to happen, and, and that's fine. But don't make it a vehicle for delegation. Uh, if, if there's a time to delegate, treat that separately, okay? Um, you uh, want to strive to have these meetings own more by your associate than you. Own more by your associate than you. And and, uh, and that's going to take some time and effort and so forth. But if they see if you're really uh, uh, striving to do that and make it a two-way thing, they'll... Uh, They'll soon get the message. Um, don't overstructure. Don't overstructure these one-on-one -on -one meetings. Uh, agree on an agenda, maybe at the outset of the meeting, uh, or maybe in a previous meeting. Say, well, let's talk about that in our next one-on-one -on -one meeting. But don't overstructure. You know, when I talked about staff meetings and so forth last meeting in the meetings, damn meetings uh, episode, I talked about the idea of having a a uh, an agenda ahead of time and how to do that, and gave you an idea of a a uh, standing agenda. And you, of course, want to adjust that and fit your needs. But uh, with the one-on-one -on -one meetings, you don't want to have a structured uh, agenda. Kind of play it by ear and, you know, what, what's what's uh, uh, in real time, what's uh, on our plate here. Uh, here's a good one for you, another tip in terms of agenda. Have each of you set up a file. I, I suggest a, just a manila file and throw paper in there. And you can um, then make notes about your next one-on-one -on -one meeting. Be sure to talk to Tom, you know, put it in the Tom file about this or Mary about that. Just little notes you throw in there. And uh, in, in a few minutes, we'll talk about uh, uh, a, a, a delegation sheet assignments to keep track of assignments. Uh, that little sheet or log should be in there too. But a bunch of notes and uh, maybe a related paper and then this uh, assignment log, or delegation log. And have your... Uh, uh, associate do the same thing. It's a great time management uh, technique. Instead of, you know, rushing to the boss's office or you're running down the hall with this, if it can wait, if it can wait, uh, ha have it wait and schedule it for your next one-on-one -on -one meeting. Again, great time management. Um, periodically in your one-on-one -on -one meetings, you want to discuss periodically, I, not not that often, but, you know, maybe a few times a year, especially with the the new uh, associate, how the relationship is going, the, your relationship with this associate. And I have a, uh, uh, this is assuming a satisfactory working relationship. If you're having problems, you know, with one of your associates and your, through your performance coaching, really working on, on a uh, performance plan, let's say, to bring them up to speed, or, you know, you want to concentrate on that. But assume things are going pretty good uh, or well, uh, once in, a, once in a while, maybe a few times a year, talk about uh, the relationship. And here's a little uh, uh, structure for you to do that. It could could be a little bit uh, daring for some of you. It all depends on the relationship. And it all depends on your uh, vulnerability. Vulnerability, as I talked in a past episode, is not a bad thing. It, it kind of has the taste of a bad thing to many leaders. So I'm, you know, like you're weak or something. Those leaders who still labor under the myth of being all-powerful, all-wise, have to have no, all the answers. Uh, we debunk that. That is not the case. You want to be vulnerable. You want to be 
acknowledge that you don't know it all. <clears throat> There's more to learn. It's also a great gateway, being vulnerable, uh, uh, to courage and opening the gates to try new things and so forth. We don't have all the answers. I don't know. Let's try it kind of thing. And so when you invite feedback from your uh, associate, you need to, you know, be a little bit vulnerable and, and take what they mean as a, as a gift and that uh, maybe there's some good things in there. You don't have to agree. You need to talk about it. You may agree or not agree with the feedback they're giving you. But think of it as constructive feedback from their point of view and treat it more as a gift. And you don't have to oblige uh, everything they say, and, uh, but uh, certainly uh, treat it with sincerity and appreciation. Okay, here are the two questions that uh, you, you can both ask each other. And it, you'll, you'll see that these are pretty, pretty strong questions. Uh, so you're asking your associate these two questions. What would you like me to do more of or start doing? What would you like me to do more of or start doing? And the reverse of that, what would you like me to do less of or stop doing? What would you like me to do less of or stop doing? Very, very, very powerful. And then you talk about each. And then you can uh, do the same, ask the same questions of them. Okay, it takes a little risk. You have to have, to have a little courage and you have to be vulnerable. But uh, well worth it. And I talked so many times about the idea of having uh, constructive uh, differences and getting di divergent points of view and to really move things forward, being at your staff meeting, uh, dealing with an issue or one-on-one -on -one meetings, you've got to reach out there a little bit and uh, invite uh, feedback that uh, may be a, a little bit of a struggle to deal with when you initially hear it and to really think uh, about it and engage in quality thinking and interacting to move things forward. All right, some powerful stuff for you there. Uh, <clears throat> moving on, in your meetings, uh, your one-on-one -on -one meetings, you'll make use of the... Uh, all the leadership behavior options that we have talked about in previous uh, uh, episodes and uh, in my books. And they are directive, collaborative, and delegative. And co collaborative being uh, both the consulting mode and the consensus mode. Of course, in consensus, they're just a two of you in this particular case. But you want to, you know, uh, look at what the issue is and the maturity of your follower relative to the particular issue you're talking about, and then decide on the appropriate uh, leadership uh, behavior option. Okay. Uh, and remember, when you get into coaching uh, in your one-on-one -on -one meetings, coaching, again, we've covered that in a previous episode, is all about asking and not telling. And also uh, a good chapter in my my uh, book about uh, uh the uh, building a, a, a culture of commitment is on performance coaching. Check that out if you haven't already done so. Really good on coaching. It's more about asking and not telling. Uh, also, the uh, one on meetings is a great opportunity to work on the position plan, which we talked about uh, again in the building commitment book when we talked about uh, uh, clarity, having clarity of role and responsibilities and authorities, that sort of thing. Uh, position plan is a living, working document. We talked about this, and again, it's in the book. A living, working document to uh, get some uh, uh, shared expectations, shared understanding around the role and set of results for a position and those reporting to it if it's a leadership role. It's a position plan is a is a vehicle, a living, working document, which you're going to pull out once in a while and, and uh, make notes on and and use it for uh, planning for goals and 
performance review and other things like that. So very, very valuable. Unlike the uh, traditional job definition and job description, which are, which are worthless. Uh, so check that out if you haven't already done so. And I really encourage you to, uh, to work on that. And the, the one-on-one is a great, one-on-one means it's a great vehicle for doing so, especially if you have a new person. You don't have to do the whole position plan. It requires some work in one setting, but it's, it's all about starting off with the purpose of the position, the one sentence summary of why this position exists. And then having a set of, uh, of uh, key result areas. If it's a leadership role position, you want leadership and management as one key result area. And the other uh, two, three, four, whatever, will be uh, technical work, key result areas. So you have a purpose and a key result areas. And for each key result area, you want to then have an objective. What's the ongoing objective for each of these key result areas? And then a set of, of uh, desired outcomes. How do we know success when we see it? So, yeah, it requires uh, a little bit of work, and it's a results-focused uh, document, not activity-focused document. So check that out if you haven't uh, done so or if you're not already using it, and use the uh, vehicle of one-on-one meetings as a way of, to construct it. And again, uh, you can start with just do a purpose in one meeting, do key result areas in another, and then take one key result area at a time and develop the performance requirements. So highly recommend it. All right. <clears throat> Uh, I want to close with a, a recommended practice for you in terms of, of monitoring and uh, uh, modifying uh, assignments. Uh, that's also a part of your one-on-one meetings. But this is a structure that kind of a, a neat way of thinking about it in terms of uh, monitoring and modifying uh, uh, your assignment. So I, I recommend you keep a delegation a worksheet, just a plain piece of paper, or maybe put some lines on it when the delegation was made, uh, what what it is, uh, maybe a time frame, uh, and then maybe a progress uh, column, things of this nature, something simple. So that uh, in your one-on-one meetings, you would pull out that sheet and maybe discuss some of these past delegations and how is it going. Um, <clears throat> so I, I use the uh, metaphor of a gremlin inventory. What's a gremlin? I don't know, but a, call it whatever you want, but a gremlin inventory. Uh, and these are some uh, uh, three key principles about keeping a uh, uh, gremlin inventory. What you want to do is, is again, use the folder I talked about, this manila folder in your desk, and uh, make an entry on your delegation or your assignment worksheet about the uh, the assignment, when, what, and that sort of thing. Um, number two, then you need to feed these uh, gremlins. You feed them, again, in your one-on-one meetings, is a great way to do that, or you shoot them. You feed them or shoot them these assignments are gremlins, uh, but don't let them starve to death. Don't let them just fade away. What the boss inspects, the old adage, what the boss inspects, the boss expects. And if you don't pay attention to them, well, I guess it's not important. And I told you a story in one of the previous episodes of a, a boss of a, the boss of the boss I had at one time, and we'd have these meetings, and I was just amazed. Why don't you follow up with what he gave you? He says, he never follows up anyway. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he forgets about it, and I have other more important things to do. So don't fall into that trap. So shoot him or feed him. Or feed him or shoot him, but don't let him starve to death. Um, and the last of the three I have with the gremlin managing, the, keeping it gremlin inventory and managing it, is keep the gremlins in their right cages. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, you're a good person, a great leader and everything. And so your associates will turn to you for some help. And that's good. That's what they're for. And you're some coaching and so forth. And once in a while, you may take the gremlin 
and run with it for a while. Well, let me let me see if what I can do, uh, uh, Pete, and uh, let me let me uh, I'll get back to you. Well, let me uh, make a few calls or let me give us some thought and so forth. OK, so Pete has now uh, um, upward delegated to you this gremlin with nothing wrong with it. But remember where the gremlin belongs. And so after you made these calls or thought about it and so forth, be sure to redeposit the gremlin back in Pete's cage. Otherwise, Pete gets uh, frustrated. Oh, geez, I, you know, I, I haven't heard back. I don't know what to do. I can't move on this. I better forget it for the time being. So uh, beware of that. Okay, in conclusion, uh, giving you some practical and proven uh, recommendations for you to, uh, to plan and use uh, for more productive one-on-one -on -one meetings. A great investment in your time. Use it and use it judiciously. All right. Uh, next time, preview of next time, we're going to move to uh, stages of organizational growth, very predictable stages of organizational growth. We can track through that. If the organization does indeed grow it and you really want to have it grow, and many times you need to have it grow for success and even to survive. So we'll, we'll take a look at these predictable stages and then the strategic implications that go along with each of these stages. So stay tuned for that next time. In the meantime, be sure and think about what we talk about and apply it and, uh, and uh, benefit accordingly. Meantime, you take care of yourself and we'll see you next week.